What's up, everybody? Brad Peterson here with another SMH Lab podcast. Don't forget, we are now on the Iron Will Network. You can download that app, Iron Will Network. Get to that hub of channels. You can find our channel on there. You can find our selected podcast that we decide to put up. A little more information on all of those and pictures and things like that. You can comment on those podcasts. Let us know which are your favorite. But it's quite an honor to be included on the Iron Will Network amongst some amazing people. Our guest today, Tyson Matzenbacher, one of the best singer-songwriters in the game right now, one of my favorites. He was just out on the road with Colony House before their tour was stopped abruptly with the coronavirus when that hit. But Colony House is, is another one of my favorite bands, and Tyson fit that bill perfectly, opening up for them in terms of just very meaningful lyrics that that both of those acts write about from, from Caleb uh, Chapman with Colony House and with Tyson. Tyson also has been out on the road before with John Foreman and Switchfoot. He has a song out with John Foreman from Switchfoot that is tremendous. He's also been out on the road with Judah and the Lion. Judah Akers, the lead singer of Judah and the Lion, one of the first people to really believe in Tyson, to give him a shot. Tyson has some great stories about that whole process and Judah really liked the song In Your Name, and we're actually blessed to be able to open this show with that song, In Your Name, as Tyson sent us three songs to use for this episode. And the two at the end of the episode are from his studio album that came out on Valentine's Day of this year, but he's giving us two acoustic tracks that have never been heard before with Sunday Morning and then Highline will be the two songs that close the episode. But we're gonna open the episode with In Your Name, which is an ode of sorts to his mother and what she went through uh, going through cancer and then passing away from cancer. A very strong, powerful song that I just think that everybody needs to hear. So I asked Tyson if we could use that to open the show, and he said that was fine. And again, we're very thankful that he gave us two more songs. So again, Tyson Matzenbacher, enjoy. Jesus is in business of healing anymore. Maybe he is occupied with other people's wars, or he's organized militia to fight the war on Christmas, or maybe he's protecting. Our children from 
from the gates Who have promised to destroy This utopia we've made In his name In his name Welcome to SMH Lab Sports, Music, and Mental Health, where we're mixing it up. Today, we are mixing it up with Tyson Matzenbacher. You're here with our host, Brad Peterson, and co-host, myself, Nika DeGraw. I want to tell you a little something before we get into this about the Iron Will Network and how SMH Lab 
involved with Iron Will. We actually have a channel. We're so excited, especially to announce it during Mental Health Awareness Month. So we're going to tell you more about that. Um, Speaking with Tyson today, there's definitely uh, some mental health involved in his amazing music that that really spoke to me. I'm looking forward to getting started. Yeah, I agree. So I want to jump right into just recently I was watching Tyson, I saw you on um, Judah Akers from Judah Alliance's little home concert with with a lot of a lot of good talent you were involved with at that at that concert with uh, like Need to Breathe's uh, Bear Reinhardt and John Foreman from Switchfoot and uh, the Chapman Boys from Colony House and many more. So you obviously are in very good company and well thought of if you're if you're invited on there by Judah. And I think he even said you're one of his best friends. So that's that's pretty cool on, on your part to, to be a part of that. How was that? Yeah, it was great. Judah, Judah is has was kind of like the, one of the first people that really endorsed me uh, in the music community. He was the first one that took me on tour, and um, so yeah, I just have a lot of lot of gratitude for that guy. He's just a really special guy. So very cool. Yeah, he seems yeah. really is. Yeah, both of you guys just seem just humble to the core. So, um, but it seems like like I go back. This is going to date me a little bit, but I going back to like the turn of the century around 2000 with like Lifehouse and Switchfoot, I just remember thinking, wow, we finally have some believers on secular radio, but it's not the, the standard formula CCM world. So I was excited about that because that could get a little, a little, uh, I won't say much more than that, just get a little monotonous. And uh, then it was like Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin and Carney and Rector and Need to Breathe and Holcomb and all these guys. And now it's, it seems like you and Judah and Colony House are like carrying the torch now among this, this next generation of, of, of incredible songwriters that have faith, but are, you're walking that fine line between the secular world and that CCM world. So I'd like to, you to talk a little bit about that and the difficulty of that and with fans and everything around it. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been about like my faith and, uh, the things that I believe in stuff, but my, the, the weird thing about, I mean, like my, the first song that I think like I was saying with Judah, he was, um, he was on tour here and I, I met him and he listened to my record on the drive up to LA. And the song that really stood out to him was the song called in your name, which is a song about, uh, like prayer mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, loss and questions and sort and that sort of thing. And that was, that was what, um, that was kind of the song that opened a lot of doors for me, which is really weird because it's like uh, in it opened a lot of doors for me in the kind of like that what you're talking about that Christian like the world the world of people that are that have you know a specific faith system but aren't uh, making like worship music or CCM as you're saying. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, the funny thing is that like I don't really I don't really fit in it's that, that community of people that you're talking about, like kind of the, the switch foot, we'll say just like kind of like the switch foot slash, you know, Colony House, Judah and Lyon and mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Carney and all those guys. It's like, uh, yeah. And, and uh, Holcomb and those guys, it's like, uh, it's, it's, um, it's funny because like, that's really the only world that I fit into because people that don't have a, you know, in the CCM world, there's no, there's no room for, uh, I would say specifically open-ended questions, which is what I do a lot. Like I like kind of ask a question and then I want to answer it. Like I'll just leave it open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't work in CCM at all. And people that don't have a background or faith system, 
um, that that's like that's just not really the type of questions that they're asking. Um, mm-hmm. So so it's kind of this weird little world that I live in, and um, yeah, I think that in, uh, yeah. I think that's what I totally love about uh, the song "In Your Name" that I listened to earlier today. Um, just the reality of of asking the questions. Uh, you know, when you, when your faith is shaken to the core, the way that it was um, with the loss of your mother. And I lost my mother Mm -hmm. two and a half years ago uh, to cancer. And, you know, she was a very faithful person. Um, We were raised born again, Christian. Uh, There was, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of difficulty, a lot of questioning the faith. And I love you bringing that reality uh, into your music, especially into that song, because I think that that touches uh, people just, you know, all over the world. Everybody has questions. And I think it's great for the for the Christian community as well to see that it's OK to question. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear more about that, you know, just that inspiration for for the song. And were you worried about coming out questioning faith like that? Well, and what and Tyson, let me interject one more thing. Maybe you would have talked about it anyway, was I think I. I read about this or something that did, didn't your mom ask you to edit? You had a little square word in it that was pretty powerful that she said, maybe you want to change that because more people may listen. Yeah, there was, it was the original. I mean, that song was one that I just like, I just was weird. I was driving in the car with my mom and dad and, um, you know, we were like, it was kind of this like turning point in her sickness, which was like, it didn't look like it was going to get better. Like for a long time, like we kind of thought that like maybe it would get better and then it became clear that like it wasn't going to get better, but maybe we still had some time. Um, yeah. And we were driving in the car, and my mom got a phone call from the doctor, and I could just tell on her tone of voice, like by her tone of voice, that like it was kind of like that. We, we all like knew what the call was, and um, yeah. And I just like went back to I went back to their house, and I wrote that song in your name, and like I wrote it in like you know half an hour or something. It just like kind of came right. Wow. And. Um, yeah. And, and my thought of it was just like, uh, yeah. And, and it was, I didn't really, I didn't think that I would ever play it for anybody or ever like record it. Cause it was too raw. And I mean, that's even still a hard song for me to sing live. It's like, I bet. Um, yeah. It's just like, uh, it's just not a, it was very vulnerable. And I think it's just amazing that, that you did write it. Yeah. Thanks. I think it's perfect. And yeah. yeah, so the, the original verse there, it's, there's a there's a thing at the end of it that's, that says like, "Who my God have you been listening to?" Which is like kind of like the that moment on the cross or whatever. It's like, "My God, my God, who, why have you forsaken me?" Mm-hmm. Original like <laughs> lyrics, it was the f bomb. I was like, "Who the f have you been listening to?" <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how you're feeling. Yeah, it's like that's that was. I kind of like that. I gotta say, I do too. Actually, you know what's funny is I, I think about this sometimes, but. Judah invited me out to Nashville um, right after we met to do a, a show at his house. Uh, and he invited all of his friends and stuff. And I played it and I played it that way. And it, I, I still like people in that room. It just, it was so uncomfortable. Like everybody in the room just like tensed up and like, uh, and it was like, cause I didn't, I didn't normally don't play it that way. I have a number of times, but like normally don't. And it's and basically what my mom said, I played it for her and she was uh, just a really special lady, but she, that's what she said. She's like, I love the song. She's like, you can't say that word. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, like, come on. That's like, it's, you know, like those like language is just language. Like they're like words are 
words exist for reasons. Like there's places where words are appropriate. Expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like when that's right. Yeah, it's like there's a place for every word. I think Um, within within reason. And I say this. Yeah, you should sing it that way when you're in the right That's place right. to do so. Yeah, you got to read the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe not. A, don't yeah. don't sing yeah, it like that at first church. Baptist. Yeah, yeah not in <laughs> church. church. Yeah. So, but what her point was right. was basically like, um, what I what I've tried to do my entire career is to like thread this line of like common ground, of trying to find a between places. Like I think. Like one of my, in the C.S. Lewis book, The Magician's Nephew, there's this like really awesome metaphor. I think that C.S. Lewis uses like between the, it's between the worlds. There's this place called the wood between the worlds. And it's like when they put the rings on and they're going to go visit a different world, there's like an in-between place. And it's like, they pop out of this little pond and there's all these other ponds. And those are the places like you jump into those ponds to go to the different worlds. And like, I I think about that a lot because C.S. Lewis like didn't have to do that. Like he could have just made it a lot easier to like travel around or whatever, but he put this in between place, like this purgatory. And I think it's like, it's like this connection yeah. between it's like the bridge between all the places. And I think like the, the battle that I've kind of fought the whole time is that like that connection, that in between place, it's only either completely alienating to everyone or it's connecting to everyone. So it's like this, like, it's this really tricky balance, you know, because if I say, so what she said is she's like, if you say that, if you say that word, like you're going to, the people that really need to hear that song won't hear it anymore. Like the, the only mm. thing that they'll hear is that word. Mm. Um, and yeah. And I think. Interesting. Yeah. Because for me, I, I would, you know, as somebody that can totally relate mm-hmm. to your experience. And I, I remember very clearly yeah. the phone call that I got from my mother to tell me the phone call that she got from the doctor. And, you know, I mean, I, I grieved like a baby, like, like, like she was dying while she was saying it, you know, because you knew that you heard something terrible and you were about to face something unknown uh, and, and, and frightening. And um, for me, in my experience of losing my mother, if I were when actually when I heard your song today, and if I were to have mm-hmm. heard the song at the time with yeah. that F bomb in there, I'd have been like, Oh my God, right. somebody understands. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? What it feels like. So there is, there is a place. That would have been speaking sure. the DeGraw language, Nika. Oh, well, listen, you know, F bomb yeah. is every other word in my family. I was born, <laughs> I think. Awesome. So. <laughs> but yeah, but Tyson, I think, I think partly what you're saying maybe is some of those really conservative evangelical types may have been like super moved by the song and then boom, you hit them with that. And they may have been, then you, then, then you lose them. Right. right. And they'd be like, this isn't is that your soul, Tyson, a little right. bit. Yeah. Yeah. That. And also like, I think that like to, to reach out of like, I think that like most people that really have resonated with that song are people that have, I mean like that, that was actually that whole record cycle was like just really hard because it was, mm. it was, it was, it was still new. It was still fairly fresh. And like, how how fresh was it um, when you wrote that? That the whole yeah. Record? Well, so I like basically what happened is my mom died, and then I walked really far. <laughs> yeah, I want to Re- hear really about far. that. You walked really far. Hold on a second. You walked. Uh, yeah, I walked from San Diego miles. to San Francisco, and I wrote most of the record when I was doing that walk. So it was just like wow. Um. So that. So yeah. 
Where did you sleep, sleep that in, night? I had a tent, but I would just like find find a find some field or something. You did a forest gun, <laughs> yeah. like a hundred percent. Yeah, I did. It was like it, in. I mean, you know, the beginning was like you got to walk through L.A. So, like walking through L.A. was like you know Oof. I slept in like the Long Beach Harbor, like I, in in in. in, in <laughs> There's like so all the Toyotas and like all the Japanese cars come through the Long Beach Harbor, and so there are these like you know acres and acres and acres of like probably square miles of parking lots that just have brand new cars in them, and they're all like color color coordinated by model. So there'll be like it'll be like this a whole parking lot that's as far as you can see is all white Tacomas or whatever, and then this one is all blue tercels or you know whatever i don't even know mm-hmm. what it is but it's like they just like it'll be like so did you I sleep just, like, in the back of a the, white Tacoma? it was it was the like forerunner lot and i just like walked into it and just walked for a long time and then i just put set my tent up in like this sea of blue forerunners i was like where I, where i slept in wow in la and then up north like after you get out of la it gets like i don't know if you've ever been out, out that way before but like the the road the coastal highway that goes to california it's like it gets pretty gets pretty uh mm-hmm. yeah the pch it gets Pacific pretty Coast. uh open so there's lots there's lots of yep. places it's, like, mm-hmm. it's very very it's gorgeous pretty, yeah. and there's like you know it's like people's farms and stuff and like ranches and Did no they never i, I only on got i only got caught once <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're all like i mean like this in santa great. barbara there was like this there's like a gated resort there that has like all these security guards, and I just like walked into their landscaping and set up my tent, and nobody noticed. <laughs> I am floored. This is amazing. This could be like a little short story. We could write a, a little book totally. about your six hundred mile walk. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm interested in what was going on in your in your mind during this whole walk, and and what did it? Well, do I was for trying you? to. I was like trying to. Um, just yeah, just navigate what was what was lost obviously like um which was yeah. which took yeah. some time i think like the way that my mom was a ther like she was a psychologist and like a author and stuff and so she like was helping helping us to like begin mm-hmm. to navigate that before she died so she was like she was like yeah you know like this is trauma this is like this is just trauma and like there's she's like there's different types of trauma and like there's the kind of trauma where like it's complicated. It's like too complicated to even like to like put emotions or words to it because it's like, you know, that, and she's like, and this type of trauma is actually like pretty simple. She's like, she's like, you know, like you and I have a good relationship and it's like pretty straight ahead. You know, she's like, you can actually begin to pick up the, um, it doesn't mean that like you're not going to be pissed or like, sad it just means that like kind of the the, the big like ball of right. wire that is your feelings is fairly untangleable and it's basically like you know like i love my mom and she was my friend and she was a good person and like kind of a just objectively like a corner of of the community and someone that everyone loved and uh and she got sick and she died and I, so, so it's like, okay, that's, that's fairly straight. And then like the other side of it is like, well, okay, God, if there, if I believe in a God who is in control and a God who wants good things to happen, um, like what's up with that? So that was kind of like, that was kind of my, those were yeah. my, my two things. Like, you know, the way that she told me, she's like, you know, if your brain is like a big hall full of shelves with boxes on them, it's like, 
uh, like trauma is like a little earthquake where all the boxes fall down and all the stuff falls out of the boxes. So like the, like the way that you organize memory and emotion and all that, it's all on the floor. And so she was like, you need to go in there and you need to pick up the stuff and put it back in the boxes. So. Mm. Wow. I'm amazed that, and I think you're so lucky to have been able to have those types of conversations with your mother where she was helping you um, sort of navigate uh, what it, what it is and what it would be like um, and what you would need to do in order to be mentally well. And grief is a real thing. And she was totally, you know, straightforward with, you know, it's, it's okay to grieve. You're going to go through the cycle, but man, I love that you just got to have, you know, yeah, all that insight yeah, was, from yeah. your mom. How oh, long man. was she so sick So she got for? sick kind of when I moved down here. She was sick for like three and a half years, four years. Um, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is good. And which is out. a blessing and a curse, you know, it's like, cause, because those, those years were basically entirely defined by her sickness, you know? So it's mm. like, and, and she was yes. like, she was like, I don't, 100%. she told me a month ago, she's like, I don't want that this to be me. You know, she's like me and this are different. Like there's, those are, they're different things. So like, yeah. So she was that's like, totally don't, correct. don't like, Cause that was always it, you know, it's like you call and then it's like, that's what you're going to talk about. And that's like, everything is sort of defined on like, you know, she had like those, I don't even know what the deal was, but she always talked about her numbers, like the blood count numbers or whatever. And she's like, the... yeah, yes. Yeah. So she, you know, she would, it was always like, like the that. phone calls, like we call and we talk yeah. and, but we were always waiting to hear, like, did the numbers go up, which is bad or did the numbers go down, which is good. A hundred percent, man, you're speaking my language and that's, that's the journey. Um, and for those of, uh, of you that are listening and you don't, you haven't experienced loss, if there's one thing we can count on in, in life at some point in time, you do lose people that you love. It's part of life. Um, losing someone this way is like being introduced into mm-hmm. a new world. Um, you know, a world that you, you didn't know about, you become a part of it. You didn't, you didn't ask to be a member, but here you are. And, uh, it's, it's great to be able to talk to each other about it and, um, and to also to be inspired by the journey, uh, Brad, the song in your name. Well, obviously it's about your mom. Yeah, that's, uh, I want to thank both of you for being so vulnerable with, with talking about this and, um, we could. I think let's we take, could go let's on take, about let's take it a break a and talk about the new record. <laughs> Great. Let's let's uh, find. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. Yay. So Tyson, I want to get into the new record, which I'm sure you were so excited for it to come out on on Valentine's Day this year. I'm sure you had no <laughs> idea what was to come about a month later. Uh, yeah. You, you put out the record. You're on tour with Colony House. Things are great. You're getting great reception to the record. The tour is going amazing. I was. I was uh, catching up on some of that online, seeing how, mm-hmm. how those shows were going. And then the uh, Corona hits and just everything goes to hell. Bye-bye. So mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it was, that was, I mean, that, that experience was like one of the more surreal experiences I've ever had for sure. It was just like, we, you know, we obviously like we, when we left here, so I, so me, uh, the, like a couple of the guys in the band and I, we like drove out from California out to Nashville to meet up with Calling House. And why didn't we you all, just we walk? All, I know, right? <laughs> Actually, this is a funny story that I don't think I've ever told before. But on the first tour that I did with Judah, 
uh, it was the first like opening tour. I'd, I actually had opened for John from Switchfoot Solo before that, but other than that, I'd never opened for anybody. Um, <laughs> and it was like a big tour, you know, like June Line was blowing up. They like just had their big single, and um, it was their first bus tour, and so. <laughs> It was, I was like, it was, and I was supposed to play solo and there was like no money in the tour at all because they kind of, they kind of like threw me on it last minute, just like as a like favor. So you mm-hmm. legit were like, let me just grab my backpack and I'll meet you guys there. Well, I told, <laughs> I told, and they were like, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's like no room on their bus and there was no room on the the other opener. It's being called the academic from Ireland. And so I was going to buy a motorcycle and follow the bus. That was like my plan. <laughs> nice. And I talked to, I talked to the guys and they said that I could like, cause it was, I was just playing solo. So I was like me and a guitar, They're like, yeah, you can throw your guitar on the bus. And then, <laughs> so yeah. wow. I was gonna, I was gonna do that. I was going to do the same thing. Basically I was going to follow the bus and like, just camp out like in between That's hilarious. cities. And yeah. And um, I told my rec label and I told my, my dad and a couple of the people and they were all just like, I got like 20 emails that day of everybody being like, you will die. Like, <laughs> like you are insane. Like you're not, and it was like, you know, in the winter and we were going to Milwaukee and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, I was like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, you will die. Like, don't do it. Yeah. And then Judah. That's not the PCH. Judah, yeah, no. Yeah. And so, and then Judah called me and he was like, Hey, we got, we got a bunk for you. Like on the bus. You can't, you can't Aww, do this. Yeah. Judah. So they, so he, they got me a bunk on their bus, which was just like the sweetest thing ever. And, so I didn't have to drive a motorcycle through. Uh, I, you know, something I feel like I feel like if you had to, though, you were going to do that. Oh, I was excited about it. I was like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Like, who does who yeah. does this? I love it. Uh, you yeah. do. I do. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't do it. But I, I still like Brian, who plays in June Lion. He, he, I told him about it. And he was like, I'm doing it with you. Like, he was going to. <laughs> he was gonna do it with me but it didn't end up happening but, but yeah so we so we got out to we got out to you know like we were watching it happen obviously because it was a long tour so like february when we left like it was like oh there's this weird virus and then a lot of people are sick and i was and you know everybody's like okay kind of whatever and then it just started getting more and more intense and then the weird thing was that we got to so we were in like st louis or something Minneapolis we were in Minneapolis and we got a uh you know it was like a super weird like kind of cold morning and Caleb and I Caleb from Calling House and I were just out like walking out to get coffee and we checked our email and it said that AEG and Live Nation who are like the two biggest promoters in the country mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. canceled all shows oh boy and we were just like and we hadn't heard anything from anybody and a bunch of our shows were AEG and Live Nation shows so we were just like like we looked at each other and it was just like, whoa, like did our tour just get canceled? Like without anyone <laughs> telling us. Right. And yep. Uh, so, yep. And so Caleb got on the phone with his manager and I called mine and they were just like, like not only is your tour canceled, like every tour is canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the bus drivers on the phone with all the other bus drivers and all of them are like, everybody's coming home and like, you know, and, and those guys have like, they can talk to the, you know, like they can talk to anybody on the, on their little radios. So they're talking to like the, like he, like our bus driver was talking to like the circus. There's like a circus in town that day and they were all packing up <laughs> and it was just like That's this, like, crazy. 
yeah, it was just this incredibly weird situation. And then we, we were driving back into Nashville and it was like every third or fourth car was like a tour bus or a semi. Like, oh, cause wow. they're all, they're all coming back to, that's where all the buses are is in Nashville. Everybody came wow. home at the same time. And it was just this like, yeah. And then we got in the van and drove back across America, like right at the beginning of quarantine. So it was just like this, like incredibly weird experience of like, just driving through empty America. Totally surreal. Walking dead surreal. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah it was like nothing that I've ever experienced before. So us either. And you're, yeah, and you're and you're counting on Tyson. You're counting on that financially, that tour, and and more tours to come. Like, how are you doing with all that? Like, how big of a blow has this been? Yeah, it was it was a big one. I mean, I think I you know I don't I don't know all the details for everybody. I think there were a lot of people that were that got hit a lot harder than I did. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like we like we there was little the the types of things that you don't think about. It's like you know, like we bought. Like when you leave, you know, you buy all this stuff and you rent all this mm-hmm. stuff, like inventory and like records and, uh, you know, like you just, you plan on a certain, you plan for things to be a certain way. And you, you know, like, that's like how a record release goes. You spend a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. and then you, with the plan that if you spend a whole bunch of money and then you do X, Y, and Z, then all of that money plus more will come back. Um, and so when you spend all the money on a full record release and then you get cut off, like, you know, in, in both Calling House and I, we both got cut off right at the beginning of our record cycles. Oh, so it wow. was just like, oh, man. Yeah, it was just like, whoa, how do we how do we deal with this? I've had, you know, there's been a lot of really generous things that have happened. I mean, even just like the I feel like the people that like our music, both them and I, and they like have really rallied and. A lot of amazing things have come out of COVID and a lot of people have done some really awesome things for people. Yeah. Um, Tell, tell us, tell us something wonderful. Tell us something that did come out good. You said there's been some great people. Man. I mean, there's been a whole bunch. One was that like drew from Switchfoot. He put together this thing called the melody league sessions that we did, which is just like, basically it was this system where they got this, um, there's this organization called Wedgwood that does like artist grants and funding for like, you know, like records and music videos and stuff like that. And they just took all of their fund, which is a significant amount of money. And they just put it directly into artist relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like they, we did a thing where it's like, you do the live stream thing and you raise money. So like all your people that watch it, like give money to this one PayPal account and then all that money plus whatever you, plus this other amount of money. It's just like, from the organization and then you pitch that forward to the band after you um, wow yeah and so like calling house was before me and then uh i'm trying to think, i think maybe like jordy searcy was after me so it was like this like just like all the all of us that like all lost you know stuff in our record yeah. cycles and and even just like little things like you know i put all my tour merch online just to thinking like oh well i gotta try to sell this somehow because i have so much of it and then like people just came out of the woodwork. Like we sold more in like three days on my online store than I've sold. I think almost in the entirety of the rest of the store combined. It was just like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's just like things, I think people just, um, you know, and it's hard. It's like, we've, I've talked about this before with, with people where it's like, when you're a musician, it's like, you want to be selling music. You know, it's like, even like talking about like, we don't want to be t-shirt salesmen. 
It's like, right. <laughs> like I don't want to be like, you know, you talk about a lot of bands, like they make most of their money selling t-shirts. Like, well, then you're a t-shirt company. Um, right. It's like, well, we want to be like selling music and playing shows. And, and so when stuff like this happens, or it's just like, I don't want to be like a fundraiser. I don't want to be a nonprofit. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, I, I just want people to like, love the thing that I make. And then that'll be a roundabout right. circuit. And it's like, so it is a little bit humbling too, to be like, oh man, like, I guess this is just, you have to just like let people help you. And it's, yeah, it's you ha- exactly. Yeah. And it's beautiful actually to watch how many people have, have reached out to help. I mean, all across the world to each other in, in all different avenues um, and platforms. And, and I think it's wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is humbling yeah. as well, but you know, we always, usually when something good happens, we pay it forward. So I bet a lot of good is going to come out of the music industry and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, Tyson, when I listen to your records, I, and hopefully this is, this, these are compliments that you, you take them as compliments. Mm-hmm. I hear like a little Ryan Adams, Ryan, not, not summer 69, Brian, mm-hmm. but I hear a little Ryan Adams. I hear a little, like, I love ben Brian Gibber. Adams. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know who, I don't know who Ryan Adams is. But <laughs> I love Ryan Adams. Yeah, yeah, I hear a little like Ben Gibbard or and a little touch of Dawes even. Would you I don't know, would you take those as compliments and some influences or talk about some influences that you have? Oh yeah, those are I mean I grew up in the Northwest, like up in Washington State and uh I grew up there like right kind of as you know, I was too young for grunge obviously Mm -hmm. and then but then this really I don't I mean I don't know if people for me it was like the OC happened the TV show the OC (laughs) yeah yep I remember that and the OC like they one of the characters on the OC like he was just super into northwest indie rock it was like his whole thing (laughs) and so all of a sudden like all these these northwest indie bands like yeah so like Death Cab for Cutie and uh like the Decemberists Mm -hmm. and Tegan and Sarah who are from Vancouver Island and um, I mean, you know, the shins, like all these different yeah. Northwest bands that were kind of just like, cause you know, Seattle and, and the Northwest is just, it's an Island. There's nothing around it. It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's like, it might as well be Hawaii. It's like, uh, so disconnected from the rest of the country. And we always had this thing up there where there was like, this is the kind of music that we like this is the kind of music we listen to. And, and then all of a sudden it just like, it became kind of this national phenomenon. And, um, so yeah, that stuff has always been a huge, huge influence on me is like, all that stuff. And, and then later on those, those bands you're talking about. Yeah. Like Griffin from Dawes played on the new record actually. Oh, is Um, that right? Yeah. So the, and Dawes is like one of my favorite bands ever. They're like, that's like a real, yeah. Tyler, Tyler Chester, who produced my record. He's, he's played with them a little bit and um, he's kind of in that world. And I, I was talking to him about Dawes one time and he just said, (laughs) he's like, yeah, they're a real band. And I was like, oh, wow, like, that's really interesting because, like, there aren't a lot of what you would call a real band nowadays, you know, guys that just, like, yeah. there's no tracks. This, they never play the same set. They never play the song the song the same way twice. It's just, like, right. that's a real band. So, yeah, that just kind of that raw musicality. I think the, emotional, the emotionality of, like, emotionalism, I guess, of, like, Northwest music that you're talking about has always been – because that was always that thing, was, like, you, you, you play to the line, right? um mm-hmm. like in your name is like the line is who my god have you been listening to and it's like you know like death cap for cutie is uncalled i was thinking about what sarah said that love is watching someone die oh yeah and it's oh, like yeah. the whole the whole song was leading to that line and that's something that i've that's something that has been a big impression on me and um so yeah i totally. love that stuff oh you're doing yeah you're doing a great job with it um 
And I, I tell you what, the so yeah, the early two thousands. Well, Nika's Nika's brother Gavin DeGraw and and Jason Mraz and mm-hmm. John Mayer, all these singer songwriters were like blowing up in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And then now you have all this uh, to be nice uh, crap on the radio. Um, so, but but but, it, See, but it I was just going like... to say they were blowing up, and then they weren't. But yeah. you, just, you just took it yeah, to yeah. a whole new level. Yeah, yeah. I'm just keeping it real, but because we're talking okay. about real. <laughs> We're talking about real bands and real musicians, guys that are <laughs> right. writing their own. They're writing their own songs, like Tyson's doing, like Gavin's doing, like like That's Mraz right. and all these guys, and um, and the guys we've already talked about, the Ben Rectors and, mm-hmm. and Drew Holcombs. And, I mean, John Foreman. I mean, he's a he's a, a freaking legend. Yeah. You've gotten to you know have a duet with him, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what what do you like? You're as an independent artist. Like, what exactly does that mean? and like the pros and cons of that. And do you think that, that, you know, you can get back to, you know, this new generation of singer songwriters, can they get back on the radio or is it just going to always be, you know, like a triple A or things like that, if that makes sense? No, totally. Um, it's a really good question. I mean, I think that like, for me, like the, I guess like the thing that's really interesting is like when I started going out to Nashville and meeting, meeting people out there, um, it was, it was really strange for me because it was always sort of a, like the people that you talk to in Nashville or even in LA, but like the way that they talk about music as a career, it's always like, it's always sort of assumed that you can reach that level of success. It's like, you can, you just have to like make the right decisions or whatever. Um, and you have to kind of like play to the audience or like play to the medium. Um, and for me, that was like, that was so, such a foreign idea. Cause like w- the way, the place that I grew up, like where I grew up in Seattle, it's like there weren't until that indie rock thing happened. And even after that, I mean, like those guys were like, those bands were selling thousands of tickets and still in in vans, like sleeping on people's mm-hmm. floors and, and driving around in old, old, you know, Ford Econolines and stuff. And so um, that idea that like, you just like put a record out and then you're on a tour bus and then you play a big show uh that was and you're on the radio like that was like something that i never thought was even possible um Hmm. and so i think that the it's an expensive business to be in yeah it really is it really (laughs) is yeah you know you know for sure got to invest a lot in yourself well especially if you're looking to that level of to play at that level you know it's like absolutely um, you have to be willing to make the investment to to even think about getting to that level you got to be able to like you said, you got to play the medium. You have to um, put yourself where you belong, where you want to be. And you have to, you have to, you have to bat above your average. I mean, or you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to punch above your weight. So it's like, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. never, I mean, like you're never doing a tour that makes money until like you're losing money on every tour until all of a sudden you make a lot of money. So it's like this like Hmm. event horizon. It's like, you're, cause you know, you're always like, you're like, okay, we sold, we sold uh, like 300 tickets. Like, oh, amazing. Like, that's crazy. Like, all right, well now we have to try to break into the 500 cap room. And, mm-hmm. and that right. means that we have to go, we have to go get a lighting technician now. That, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. I remember when uh, Gavin had to make a big decision about the, the lights and the show that he was yeah. going to put on and it was going to be a major investment, which, you know, was completely mm-hmm. worth it. But um, it's not just like, hey, yeah, I'm doing so great. I'm just going to go get a whole get a whole big light show now. <laughs> you know, it's you invest. Yeah, in because yourself. you don't. people don't. That's what's so funny. It's like it's such a catch 22 because like people want to go to a show where there's a lot of people there. 
So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. well, how do you get a bunch? Because so it's like, how do you get a bunch? Like a Judah and the Lion show doesn't work very well in a 100 cap room. I mean, it still would. It'd still be super cool. But like the energy yeah. of the energy of like that crowd of people is a big part of what makes it so special. So like, yeah, um, totally. Like church. <laughs> church is no fun if there's only one yeah, person there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, creates an atmosphere when there's yeah. more people. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think to answer your question. The, the way that I've thought about it is that like, I mean, you know, there's this guy, I don't know, you probably, I don't know if you've heard of him, but there's this guy in Seattle called David Bazan, who has a band called Peter the Lion, who's, um, it's just like a legendary Northwest guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he like, you know, I, like, the, like all the guys that we're talking about, the people that write songs, you know, it's like most of them would consider him an influence, but nobody really knows, nobody right. really knows who he is outside of like kind of this cult following. And I went and saw him play last year and he was like, he had lights and he talked about it. He was like, I brought lights cause I wanted to play bigger shows. <laughs> like he's just like really honest from stage. <laughs> um, and he was like, totally. but, but like, I'm losing money bringing these lights out. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was talking about, um, Oh, who's the band I'm thinking of. There's, there's a bunch of old, like, like punk rock bands in the eighties that, you know, the shows were always $5 and they were always all ages and there were never lights. Uh, it, it was like kind of the punk rock thing. And it was, it's cool. It's a yeah. really cool thing. But then you think like, man, it would have been really cool to see some of those guys with lights. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, all that to say that like, my hope is to like, uh, is to always try to like, always hit like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, to always be pushing the, <laughs> pushing the show for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, like, the thing that I think is most important to me is that I don't ever want to make decisions based on what I think people will want. I love um, it. Because I don't think, A, I don't think, like, people really know what they want. And B, uh, I think that, like, as a someone that's in any form of media, like, your job is to kind of, like, it's actually, like, one of the problems I've had with worship music or Christian music is that there's never a sense of like leadership of like, where do we want this to go? Like, what do we want people to do? Where do we want people to go? What's the vision? It's like, this is what people want. So we will give it to them. And it's like, well, I think that like the way that culture changes is through people that make culture. So it's like, you're kind of, your job is to, is to be pushing people outside of to help mold. mold culture and mold people's ideas and the way that they think and the way that they are just based on what, on your personal experience. And so yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I feel like there are, dis- and I've had this conversation a lot of times with a lot of different people. It's like, there are things that I know that I could do that would make my music more accessible to people that would make it more likely to be on the radio that would make. Yeah. Um, and I don't do those things on purpose unless I think that it's the thing that I want to make. It's like, if those two yeah. things intersect, that's awesome. But like, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm making the things that I'm going to make using the voice that I have trying to like pitch for the vision that I think that I have and I'm not going to, and yeah. hopefully that's successful, but I'm not going to put the other way. I'm never going to put it the other way around. So talking about things that you're making, you've got two songs you're going to be playing for us. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually, this is kind of fun because we did a, um, my friend Matt who plays skis with me, uh, we did a little acoustic. Uh, we did a whole record of the new record of all the songs acoustic um and nobody's heard it yet and we're gonna release it at some point but i thought this would be an awesome place to put a couple to listen to a couple of those songs so 
Absolutely. Yay. That's awesome. So are, are they both off of this? They are. Album? Yeah, they're both off the new one. Okay, super excited. So before we uh, go out with the music, I just want to say about Tyson Matzenbacher. You are definitely true to yourself. I love your vibe. You're very chill. You bring a, a piece. You have um, tremendous uh, depth in talent and uh, way with words. And uh, keep being you, man. I really, really am enjoying Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having Welcome. me on here on your program. Yes. Program. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I, I guarantee when you're when you're back out there on the road, I'll be I'll be hitting up one of your shows for sure. Awesome. That'd be great. Same. Love to see Same. It. Come we to will. Nashville. We'll be I'll there be for there. sure. I'd love that. Thanks awesome. again, Tyson. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. All right, bye. I chose all the right songs Played all the right chords Till the kids who still weren't singing They praised the Lord And the pastor yelled About faith and hell And I soundtracked his words for effect Everyone cried and cried and cried Everyone cried and cried and cried And then we played kickball Just a feeling that you use at your will Beat your heart inside the loving Pull the trigger when you kill The promise of a new life It read closer to a warning So I don't blame anyone for passing Work gets old on Sunday morning On Sunday morning Adrian sighed aloud And she closed the door Bored a highball of Jameson Opened her eyes some more As did the Holy Spirit move I used to do those drugs too But you can only Come down that hard so often I insisted we aren't all that way And I know he listens when I pray Then we fought about Friedrich Nietzsche At my will, like Elijah and his ravens, or Gideon in the hills. A promise of a new life, read closer to a warning. 
I don't blame anyone for passing or get sold on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning. She woke at dawn Put a thin dress on And we walked To St. Joseph's Cathedral She made a cross with her wrist Said you know what I miss Being lost Then being found So we danced and we sang Gold Dust Woman Making promises I knew I shouldn't She said stop trying to rescue me Cause I need more than a good feeling Is that what you're offering? On Sunday
time holds me down like a brother Showing me all the things I couldn't bear to lose I fight back most of the time Just bargaining as if I get to choose And I don't want to be scared Walk you to the high line, a new day is coming. So hold me, keep me coming back. Don't listen when I tell you that I'm not worried. Darkness is it just an absence? Walk you to the high line, a new day is coming. Cause I don't wanna be scared no I don't want to be scared no